week on the Koshcast, Vieira turns to Pirlo and Javinko becomes peerless as Toronto FC smash four past New York City FC. Euro 2017 reaches the semi-final stage as England join Canada in having a women's team that is much more successful than the men, and we team up with a special guest to preview the English Premier League season for last year's top seven and answer all the important questions. Does Matic allow United to park a double-decker bus? How will Liverpool cope without Alex Manninger? And why does it look like Sami Nasri might actually play for Manchester City this year? All this, Moom of the Week and more. Buckle up. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex. Mohanad is here. Hey everyone. Bernie is here. Yep. And today we are joined by Daniel Rouse, who works for The Score in Toronto. Daniel, how are you doing? I'm very good. All the better for having a beer put in front of me when I sat down. <laughs> this, this is the etiquette, you know? You've got you've to follow it. I thought that was bribery. Well, yeah. that too. <laughs> we, we learn from the best. You know, FIFA yeah, that's and, why I'm here. <laughs> yeah. um, so for anyone who doesn't or isn't from Toronto may not know what The Score is, can you just tell us about The Score? Um, it's mainly app-based, lots of alerts. I mean, if you got get ESPN FC alerts, we're a little bit better. <laughs> we're just a bit quicker. Um, lots and lots of features, all the news. Yeah, just get it. The Score app is probably... I am a little bit biased, but I think it is the best one. It is very good. And you write and you edit and you... Yeah, yeah. I, um, I try and bang out one feature a day. I try and write about obscure football as much as possible as my editors will allow me. So I think I've got a piece about Northwich Victoria versus That's... 1874 Northwich coming up and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. but uh, mostly, uh, yeah, your big stuff, the biggest stories around Europe. Nice. Can, can I just say that the score for me and, and me, me and Mo, I think oh. there's a little bit of nostalgia there because when we first came to Canada, that was that was it as yeah. far as football coverage. 10 years ago. It was yeah. a score. And I remember they had they didn't have a Premier League, but they had Serie A. Yes. And that was that was amazing. Well, I mean, you you would take anything you can get ten years ago. Yeah. And the score definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah. It is a bit nostalgic. Was Charmin, Charmin was on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Charmin, uh, Dunlop, and all that lot. Yeah. 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 And Richard Whittle. Ah. Before he got yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, no, I actually told uh, Dan the story once, but I, I applied for a job like editing highlight packages at the score. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so you go in and they make you do this test. And I think Dan, you actually applied for the same yes, job. Yes, I did. Time, yeah. right? This was like 2011 or something. And they make you fill out this this quiz about all the different sports that you'll have to put the highlights together for. So you got like basketball, mm-hmm. baseball, and anyway. So all I did was the football page. <laughs> I didn't know any of the other answers. And the guy was like, uh, "Apply again when there's just like a soccer specific position." Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, never happened. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of soccer specific, let's get right into it. Oh, what a segue! Um, Toronto <laughs> FC four, New York City FC nil. This is becoming a bit of a habit. I'm very upset. Because I wanted to get tickets for this game. It was a bit late when I realized that I wanted to see it for whatever reason. In and general standing. Right? I just, I, yeah, I just thought, you know what? This is going to be a good game. I didn't realize it's going to be this good. Right. Um, so I was quite upset. But, you know, still three points in the bag. Javinko with an absolute mas- masterclass of a performance. Wow. He, wow. He, loves, he loves the New York teams. Yeah. He absolutely loves the New York Last teams. Last season away, I think, was incredible yes. as well. Away to Rebels and home. I mean, New York City FC... Got battered by Toronto FC towards the end of last season. Five well. nothing in the uh, playoffs. I mean, right. Yeah, Giovinco Hattrick. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and this time, I mean, okay. So apparently, New York City FC had a couple of injuries and a suspension or whatever, which is why Pirlo started. And <laughs> do you think you would ever say that? <laughs> that? That sentence you just said is something you never thought you would say. It's true. 
But I mean, he did. He did. The, the, the highlight of Pirlo this game was when he shied out of uh, blocking Jovinko's free kick. You could see the picture where you know he just kind of stands there. Everybody jumps, and Pirlo's just like he's not interested in being in that wall whatsoever. He's not interested in New York City FC. Period. No, <laughs> even Jovinko's left-footed curler into the far post. It was really Pirlo that did absolutely nothing to try and block. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and the, the question is like, is he physically capable of doing anything? No. And if not, then he sh- just shouldn't be there. But it's quite funny to watch. It's yeah. in touch of the Torsten Frings now, isn't it? You know, <laughs> yeah. When he was playing at TFC, he was just kind of like a, a frustrated dog on a short chain. <laughs> like he, he just didn't have the legs to kind of catch up with stuff. And unfortunately, you know, Pirlo, what, what an absolutely fantastic player in his day. But yeah, yeah he's, he's lost it. And, yeah, and, he, and quite frankly, he can't be bothered. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, um, I think the can't be bothered part is... Just like the ads, where he can't be bothered in those ads that he did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the same thing on the field now. But then like this summer, we saw the like classic sixes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like... People in that competition are in better condition. <laughs> right. so I think that's probably where he should I, I think there was a segment about Manchester City um, having something in the community for like retired people <laughs> to play, and they looked in better shape. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so Jovinko did score two goals, one really nice left foot curler, the other a brilliant free kick. Another crazy highlight was Raheem Edwards getting his first goal for TFC. What an assist I mean, from Jovinko, though. Don't yes. want to take anything away from Raheem Edwards, but that was a beautiful Correct. pass he, from He Jovinko. came back with his left foot, um, but... For Edwards, I mean, we've, since the beginning of the season, we've just been so excited about this kid. And he's, you know, he needed a bit of a confidence booster after being dropped from the U.S. side um, in the... Um, Canada side? Oh, the, sorry, the Canada side. The Gold uh, Cup. Recently in the Gold Cup. And, you know, really good finish. Yep, yep. Very composed. Didn't didn't rush it at all. Yeah. And, yeah, like you said, great job. I'm, I'm more concerned about... Jovinko could have had a hat-trick in this game. Because the, the penalty... I guess Altidore is designated... They, they actually, if you watch the highlight, you can see them having a conversation yeah. about it, and Javinko gives it to him. And in the celebration, Altador points at Javinko in, in a, one of like, those like you, you gave it to me. Yeah. Though, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think anybody should watch the celebration. And my favorite part of that penalty was when Raheem <laughs> Edwards goes running forward to do like a you know a relief, you know, kind of bang it into the net himself, and he completely scuffed it. <laughs> <laughs> like you just watch the replay again, you can catch him do it. Completely scuffs it, open net. So uh, fair play to him for scoring. If that's amazing. I've got to find that. Another point about Edwards um, is also he started the game on the right, end the game on the left. So mm-hmm. for such a young guy to be, well, one, he's versatile, two, he's trusted by the manager to play different positions. It shows that, you know, they really do have trust in him. He has that maturity to be able to do it. And it's quite exciting to see, you know, how far he can go. Yeah. After, after the game, Vanny said something that a lot of people, it, it kind of caused a stir. And there's some articles that have been coming out about this where he said Jamaica's the best player at MLS ever. Mm. And ever he came seen. out and he said it, right. the, the, the league has ever seen. And so, I thought about it, so and there were a couple the, articles. Like the Irish are up in arms about this. Roy Keane. Yeah. Rob, oh, the Keen. final Robbie third Keen, are going to dedicate a whole podcast to this. But, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I, it's it, not it might be a bit statement. of bias, but if you look at the stats, it's a factual statement. It, it really is a factual It's not statement. crazy. Like, it's a conversation you can have. Whether it's true or not, surely yeah. needs a bit more digging. But, like, it, it's not crazy. Yeah. Yeah, consistency. I don't. I don't. He's gonna win MVP. He again. broke a lot of records last season. He will win MVP this season. I mean, I guess. most likely. He is also the all-time record direct free kick goal scorer. If oh. that's a thing, it I, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> in a league that Beckham was in. True. I like that. True. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Except the table, TFC are five points clear. Yeah. Um, Chicago in second with a game in hand. The, the the fun thing really is that Toronto's next game is DC. Mm-hmm. And they're bottom of the table. They've lost 14 games this season and a goal difference of minus 24. So, 
get your ticket. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not missing this one, for sure. Exactly. Um, let's move on to the Euro 2017. I love in the intro how you, Alex, you said Euro 2017 is in the semis, but you only mentioned that it was the women's competition quite far into that. And it would be funny for people to go, wait, what? Am I, am I missing something? Um, so, yeah, this has been going on now for a few weeks. Um, England have been doing really well. Incredibly well. Incredibly well. Four wins out of four, three in the group stage, one in the quarterfinals, now in the semis. Um, England have been doing quite well on everything that is not the men's, you know. Yeah. Because recently they've done well uh, under, I think, 21s and 17s. and mm-hmm. They've oh, done yeah. really well in those, yeah. Um, yeah I, got it, I got it down here. Under 17 Euro finalists, two yep. on tournament winners, under 19 Euro winners, under 20 World Cup winners, under 21 Euro semi-finalists. That's yeah. unprecedented. So I knew something was going on. Yeah. I just don't have the details. <laughs> Everything else in, in England football, except for the, the first team, is, yep. is, is great. Yeah. But... You know, on, on to the women, they have been doing well. I I took notice of this when they absolutely lashed Scotland in the first game. I six think, nil. I think it was six <laughs> nothing. I was like, really? This is this is. Horrible. Also, I think they beat France in the quarterfinals for the first time in yeah. a very long mm-hmm. time. Yeah. By the way, that's an achievement because the French teams, I think Lyon and PSG for the women, are the ones that win the Champions League all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. France is a very good. Women's yeah. team as well. No, over the last year, like they England have had these teams that they'd never beaten before, like USA and Germany and France, and now they've beaten all of them. Um, and they got to the semi-finals of the World Cup, and now they're in the semi-finals of the Euro. So they're a very impressive team. They will be playing the hosts, Netherlands, in the semi-final, and the other semi-final is Denmark against Austria. Wow, and that's because Germany got kicked out, and they were probably with France the favourites for the tournament. So it's a big opportunity. So would are England now favourites? It's England now, isn't it? I, know, I, know. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, does yeah, that apply yeah. in this context? Fair but on. then again, it is the Netherlands, so there are another team that left their lines if we go historically. Yeah, sure, on the men's side, at least. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, they will most likely lose a semi-final, if not the final. That's what Netherlands do. I, so. I think if, we take, if, if we're going to draw this parallel between men's and women's and see how historically it goes, the last team in these four to win anything was Denmark. It was Euro 92. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So it bodes well for them. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. They also have somehow make that connection. <laughs> <laughs> we were doing it all time, so I said, let's might as well go for yeah. the last one. They they also have statistically the happiest population in Europe. Yeah. Really? Yeah. The Dutch. Uh, no. The Danish. No, it can't oh, be Danish. The Dutch. Yeah. Yeah. Mean, no. But they also. <laughs> yeah. but, but the best thing about that is that they also report the highest consumption of antidepressants. I was just gonna say that stat always has the highest suicide like you're the happiest but also have the highest suicide rate like it's insane and, mm. and the suicide comes from too much happiness not enough problems so it's the a happiness crazy is thing. artificial it yeah it's like some a lot of people are happy but then a lot are just like unhappy that they're too happy it's it's weird so anyway. before we take a very dark turn let's just hope that this is a happy occasion for one of these countries <laughs> yeah i mean it will be surely someone's gonna win um all right take bets before we move on sure i'm gonna go england which you know never fails anybody I'm going Denmark just because of my previous statement. <laughs> I'll go for the Netherlands. Okay, and Alex, Alex is going Austria. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to something where I think it'll be much harder to take bets on the Premier League mm. next season. I, I can bet that Arsenal won't do very well. I, I meant the champions, oh, but I mean, that's an easy relative, relative to what? Yeah, relative to what? doesn't so. matter. Um, <laughs> before we start, um, everyone knows who, who we support. If they don't, 109 are Arsenal fans, Bernie's a Manchester United fan, Dan, you are a City fan. 
Yes. Manchester City, there's yes. a lot of them. And, 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 and how long have you been a City fan, just so we can get that bit out of the way? Yeah. Um, since I was a little kid. I think my first game was the season we got relegated into the third <laughs> tier. Um, there you go. So, yeah. At least, you're, at least you're a proper fan. That's what I love to hear. That's oh, good. We got relegated, gee. and I'm following Can, can I just say, it's both good and bad that you're probably the only proper City fan that I've met. Oh, there's a it's, there's it's, a bunch of plastics now. Yeah, it's not yeah. good. It's not good. There's a few and far between, but yeah, I've uh, I've actually got a Sean Go to tattoo. So that's uh, amazing. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah. really. Quickly, if if you could really just quickly sum up that that feeling of during that transition when City just went into that next level, um, when it kind of happened, the whole Rubinho, and then now, like, did did it feel surreal? Are you kind of like, okay, this is what it is now, or is it still a bit weird? Very, very surreal, and I also thought that you know. You know, me, family and friends or whatever, we thought we paid our dues because we've seen such rubbish. Like, I remember us losing 2-1 at home to Oldham in the third tier <laughs> and and stuff like that. It was absolutely abysmal, so I thought we deserved it. But, you know, it, I don't know whether it's a kid thing or something like that, but I actually really enjoyed it when we were crap. Mm. It's weird because, like, the, you know, the Derby Day wins felt no more. more. Yeah, I remember more, whereas now, because United are rubbish, you just expect, expect to spank them every time, really. So. Right, right, no. <laughs> Except that that doesn't happen, but okay. <laughs> I, I actually, actually had an interesting question about, about, about that. Is There is, is, seems to be an underlying thing with City fans where some of them are like, well, we don't actually like all this money that we're spending. Kind of, it was more fun. Is that really, is that a big deal among City fans? That, you know, you buy Mendy for 52 million and whoever else, and you go... Is it you a big what, is, it, is it fun? That's, that's kind of the, the real question. I find it fun because it is wonderful to see us like win and compete with you know putting good games. You know we beat Barcelona last season. I never thought I'd see that in my lifetime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I do think there's a divide, and I think the thing that's going to maybe put that divide back together is producing these young kids coming to the first team because it's been a bit wait, of a wait, disconnect what? with the uh, what young kids? Brittany well, is going <laughs> to disagree with that. It's going to. It's going to. I, I haven't seen one. But but there's a, there's a bit of a, there's a bit of impatience with this because it opened like late 2014, so the kids at the start of that cycle were eight years old. So what are they? Eleven now. I mean, it why is, aren't they good enough? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is a bit true. Like the minute the the red tape was cut, it's like where are they? Why are they not playing yeah, yeah. for Pep? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Pep was the one that said they weren't good enough. So that's, true. Anyway, true. I have loads of questions that we're gonna ask later yeah. on. We're gonna yeah. try and not make this a United versus City. Yeah. as much as we can. Like, why don't they fill the stadium for Champions League games? But anyway, we'll move on. <laughs> There's a reason I, struck, I did this alphabetically. <laughs> yes. Okay, so, so as Alex said, we will do this alphabetically. We're going to go through the top six, seven teams, um, see who what they've done in the transfer window. Uh, the, the season starts really in, what, 11 days or so. Mohana just checked his watch. Well, it's, it says the day, the 31st. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Quick okay, calculations. So, yeah. so uh, let's start. We'll uh, start with the top with Arsenal. Um, let's stop alphabetically, obviously not at the end of the season. Um, we even lost that spot to Bournemouth, no? That's true, AFC Bournemouth. Um, but we're not covering them, unfortunately. That's uh, another time. Um, so, Lacazette and Kolasinic in. Um, Kolasinic on a free at left back slash left wing back. Big fridge dude. Looks okay in the in preseason. Supposed to be the best left back in Germ in the German Bundesliga. Yeah. So that's to me you know, sounds like a good sign. You know who got the I think the best left back deal is AC Milan when they signed um mm. Ricardo Rodriguez. Ricardo Rodriguez. He's, I thought he was fantastic. He's killing it for them in preseason. Anyways, Klasnic was the free option. Mm-hmm. He has like half a knee. So that's going to come back to bite us for sure with mm. our injury records. So. But, but I'm just saying, you guys don't seem too excited. Just, for me, when someone is put in the team of the season, the official like team of the season for a league, 
what you, you've pretty much done the best that you can do, no? Right. I think I think the issue with Arsenal is that there, it's never been players on paper. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at our teams in the past, the 08 team, the what are, you know, all these teams that we had on paper, it's unfortunately never comes down to that. It comes down to tactics, Arsene Wenger, etc. Mm-hmm. blah, blah. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, thoughts on Lacazette? I mean... Well, he's better than Giroud. If that was a standard, I mean, Bernie could probably play up top. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> Me when I was 15. That, that, yeah. That's who I'm going to talk about. But yeah. on that, I agree he's better than Giroud. My question is... He's different. In France... He doesn't get into the team. Giroud gets into the team, and Giroud's goal record is very, very good. So again, is it system? Is it player? Is I think it, that's what? a stylistic thing more than anything. I would say that like France often play a four-four-two, and they have better strikers of Lacazette's type mm-hmm. in Griezmann and Bap and etc. Mm-hmm. So Giroud is the opposite. Mm-hmm. It's like it's either him or Gignac, basically, as mm-hmm. the kind of target man. Mm-hmm. Gignac's off in the wilderness, so it's Giroud, mm-hmm. and he does well for France, but. I don't, I don't think it means he's better than Lacazette. It's just a different style of play. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. Lacazette is not the um, the, the main signing that, pe- uh, that gets me excited. That, like, I can't wait for the season to start. It'll be like, yeah, okay, he'll, you know. There are only so many of those in the world. So I think you should be excited. Sure. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> are you saying you're completely not excited for the new season? Uh, no. No. <laughs> like, actually, I, I'm excited for the season. It's not for Arsenal. Like I'm excited for football. Like yeah. I can't wait to watch, you know, Chelsea, United, City, whatever, Spurs. Like I'm actually excited for those games a bit more than Arsenal, which mm-hmm. is a shame because last season took a lot out of us. Like Arsenal fans, a lot. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, Chesney's out. Um, which, which, is, which is mental. Yeah, which it, is it, mental. It is me- So, Czech ended last season well, we've said this. Mm. But before that, he was rubbish for Arsenal. Like, mm-hmm. he really hasn't been very good. And then behind him, Ospina is decent. He's just short. So there's and just injured there's, the there's a literal <laughs> physical limitation on, on how good he can be. Emi Martinez, whatever. If Juventus, who very rarely make bad signings, think that Chesney is good enough to either be backup or to replace Buffon. Well, he's clearly Buffon's heir. I mean, what do you think? They're going to sell Buffon and sign someone else? I think Chesney is there to play... Buffon's position in a year or two. I, I I disagree with that. I think Chesney is there to literally be the backup because Buffon will never retire. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's going to. Yeah. I, I, I'm a little cynical. I think I wouldn't be surprised if Juventus left it a year and signed another keeper. Right. right. Because they don't care about Ulrich Chesney. Right. They just they needed someone. They can't spell his name that, right. So they definitely <laughs> don't that's true. But that's also fair enough. I just I just think he's as good, if not better, than a lot of the options that Arsenal have. Okay, um, so that's the new signings. Some people, I mean, there's a lot of quote unquote Deadwood that we want to get rid of Debushi, Chambers, Jenkinson, and all that bad decisions from the past. Um, but the two big kind of clouds that are hovering over um, the Emirates right now are Ozil and Sanchez not signing new deals, Ox a little bit as well, but really it's those two. Ozil is probably more likely to sign at this point. Sanchez is still in the air. Is he going to sign now? Or are we going to do the Arsenal thing where we wait in January and then he just goes away? Like City is, is a club that apparently are really rumored to want to get him, except they have like a gazillion players already. I, I, I don't know. Those two are very important, I think, to keep if Arsenal... If you don't want to start the whole, we're building another team again, you know, again, fourth team in six years or something. It's, just, it's boring at this point. Dan, do you think... City do want Sanchez? Yeah. I, I've been confident that City are actually going to sign him all summer, and I'm not normally this confident, but he's from my, it's my understanding that he wants to move. Obviously, yep. it's difficult to move to another English club because I think Arsenal will dig their heels because they've been stung so many times from this. 
but I do think he wants to move to City. If they don't sell um, him now, he'll go for a free next season. Like it's yeah, and then you know they, they look foolish then. I, I mean, to me, the, the money doesn't really matter, right? The, the Arsenal don't need the 40, 50 million. That, that's kind of irrelevant. But the thing is, he'll sign for someone in January or yeah. February. And then you've got him in this weird position where he's playing for Arsenal, but does he really care? And he's off in a few months. Well, well the shame is that the fact that Arsenal are in this position. I mean, is, is, this sense. happens all the time with contracts. Oh, yeah. There's $125 million dollar worth. Yeah, I mean, sure, if you want to go back in the past, we're going to be here forever. But mm. they never lock down these players soon enough. So mm. it's, it's crazy. I'm even just, even someone else. So would you, because it seems to me, I guess the question is some people are saying, you know, dig your heels in, pull a Jurgen Klopp with, I think it was Lewandowski or something, and just right. say, you know what, you're not going anywhere. I don't care if you go for free. Sure. Or cash in. Like Alex says, the money you would probably get fifty million, which sounds crazy, okay, considering fine. what everyone else is paying for players. Mm-hmm. Is that worth it at that point? Last point before we move on on this on this whole like, well, get the money or don't get the money. You kind of, I feel like yes, don't get the money and keep him if you honestly think keeping him will win you a trophy, like as in the league or the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Then you keep him. Fine, we're so close to winning the league. Keep Sanchez winning next season and sell him. Okay, mm-hmm. but that's not the case. I don't think it's that. I think you it's might as keep, well just. I think Arsene is thinking I've got to keep him to make sure I get back into the top four. Exactly, that's but, what I'm saying. Is like, his attitude going to be right though? Because you know he's he's apparently calling in sick already, trying to force a move. Did you see like the that. picture? Yes. Oh, it's yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> kind of shit. Your wrist dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Look, I've got a scarf on. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's move on from Arsenal. Unless anyone has any last thoughts. Uh, I, I've got an Arsene Wenger quote. Go ahead. Uh, so he was asked about the Ozil situation because people have kind of been asking about Sanchez a lot, but not mm. less about Ozil. And he said, "It's not an issue. I think it's an ideal situation. Why? Because everyone has to perform. When you're a football player, you perform until the last day of your contract." Whether you have two or one year left, it doesn't change. You want to play and do well. Do you really think they sit in the dressing room and think, oh, I have one year to go, I will not play well today? When you're a football player, you want to play well. What does that have to do with the length of your contract? It's amazing. I think this quote is amazing. Me too. <laughs> I think you, you should see the video of him giving the quote yeah. because he didn't expect the words, I think it's an ideal situation to come out of his mouth. <laughs> you actually see his eyes shift. He's like, he, he himself's thinking, wow, I can't take any more of my bullshit. He does that a lot. Like, he's like, oh, now I'm just going to dig myself yeah, into this yeah. hole. And it just got worse and worse. Like, anyways. It, yeah. Okay. Um, so what, you guys want to predict like finishes? Top four, not top four? Not top four. Not top four? No. Uh, sure, fifth, why not? Why not? Yeah, okay. I mean, they're they're going to be better than Liverpool. And that's that's the top six to me, right? Uh, why why will they be better than Liverpool? I I just think Arsenal. Are There's going no to be faith great. in Liverpool. I, 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 I don't have it. I don't. I think they're. This is not going to repeat itself. Like the they were going to finish fifth, but not the horrendousness of it because they lost like ten games last season. I don't think it'll be that horrendous. I'm just saying, Liverpool. Yeah. I don't think have improved themselves, and we'll get to them. But they will lose Coutinho. And they're going to bring in Pulisic, maybe. I, anyway, that's All a right. whole other thing. Okay, we'll get to Liverpool. Let's uh, next on the alphabetical ladder, Chelsea. So, Chelsea, a lot of talk about did they have a good transfer season so far or is it a bad transfer season? They made a lot of signings. Mm-hmm. So, Rudiger, Bakayoko, Morata, Caballero. Really, really Caballero. Yeah, the biggest sure. of the lot. Sure. But they, they <laughs> did Stiff lose. competition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they did lose Maric, Costa, Zuma. Well, Zuma alone. Um, so, you know, uh, I, think, I think Conte at the beginning of the transfer window was really frustrated for not getting the transfer that he wanted. Um, he was quite upset. So, a question Costa. He's, he's not left yet, but we're assuming... It, I mean, it's happening, but we don't know what that actual situation is. Well, we're assuming is. it's 
Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, sorry, that was uh, that was my partner's phone going off. She's now absolutely <laughs> mortified. <laughs> um, she's very red right now. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, the the thing that the funny thing that struck me about their transfer window is that last year they were very successful because they only had to play one game a week, or it was at least a big factor. Mm-hmm. Right? This season they've got Champions League, which Conte doesn't have a good record in from Juventus. You would think that they would need more depth to handle it, and. For every player that they've brought in, someone in that position has gone out. Mm-hmm. And they've also sold more on top of that in like Shalaba, Loftus-Cheek, Begovic, Ake. So the squad is actually smaller than it was before. I mean, Dan, I don't know, do you think that they need to just buy some volume at this point? I think they need another midfielder. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm re- I, think back, I think all their main signings are gambles. I think Rudiger's like a low risk, Morata medium risk. I think Bakayoko's a high risk. I think... They bought the wrong one. I think it should have been Fabinho. I think, um, you know, when he got Kante, I mean, he's not known for his positional sense. He's known for buzzing around and making up for people's inadequacies. He really. doesn't so, need a positional yes. sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, but Bakayoko's, you know, he's a, bit, he's a bit crackers. You know, Fabinho was a calming <laughs> influence by him. So, I think they bought the wrong one there. That's a concern for me. I think they do need to buy a midfielder. Well, they uh, did. They were, just on that point before you continue, they did get linked today with apparently drink water. Um, just as a backup to have, you know, like Alex saying, Danny Drinkwater, just on the bench for depth. I mean, might not be the worst decision in the world. They play, he's played with Kante um, True. in that Leicester winning and team. And so. linked with Renato Sanchez as well, but he seems, you know, AC Milan, he'll get more minutes there. So yeah. that, uh, that would make sense to me. No, I, I think, um, yeah, central midfielder, and they seem to be pushing for Alexandro. I don't, I, I don't know, you know, because Marcus Alonso was so good last season, wasn't he? he? was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, Moses is the weak point there, and I think because Rudiger's signed, I think Azpilicueta will be playing wing-back a lot. I right. think Alex was wondering where Rudiger would play. I think yeah. he's basically replacing Moses. I think Azpilicueta will probably go... I mean, see, this is the thing. When you say, well, Moses is going to get dropped, but he was fantastic last season, blah, blah, blah. I think this is where the difference, where Conte as a manager probably maybe differentiates himself. Like, as an Arsenal fan, I really wish Arsenal Wenger was a bit like that. It's like, you have one good season doesn't mean you are the solution. Sure. Yes, you've had a great season. Mm -hmm. Thank you for filling in, but you're not the guy, and now you're sitting on the bench next season. It would be be a bit harsh for Moses after his, like, itinerant career. As a manager, that is your job as a manager to go, I think you just did a job, but you're not really a long-term solution. Sorry. Now, Aspliquet is the more, you know, level-headed tactical player that can get you through that Champions League. So, I, I like that from Conte if he does do that. Unfortunate for Moses, but... The good, good thing about that is, like, if say it doesn't work, yeah. you can always revert back to what did yes. work as long as you keep those pieces and don't chuck them out. But just on the same point of Bakayoko, like you said, he, he has been known to lose concentration in games, and that's a concern. But the main concern is that he's injured. He's actually not going to be fit for the start of the season. He's going to come back in a few weeks late. Right. Now, Chelsea's running, if I remember, oh, beginning of the season is a little bit difficult, if I remember correctly. Then you're left with, um, what's, what's his name? Conte and uh, Fabregas. Fabregas was not the player that Conte wanted to start with in yeah. the first place. Mm-hmm. So losing Matic and having Bakayoko in there, really, yeah. it, that's a very suspect area of the pitch for them. What are you saying about Danny Drinkwater? You, you don't think he can play those Champions League nights? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> he actually played quite well he against did. Sevilla. But there you go. Um, um, so th- another question I have about Chelsea is whether they have any tactical flexibility. So 
they obviously started last season famously in the kind of four three three thing, and then Conte switched it to three at the back. And well, since Arsenal then, dominated, them, obviously. Just saying. And uh, <laughs> but since then, um, they haven't needed to change it because it's worked so well. But I feel like at least in the Champions League, they might need a couple of different systems that work here. And it's I, I don't know. It's just curious because we haven't seen them do anything else other than this system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I, I can see. I mean, obviously, it started last season with a four-two-four. I wouldn't be too surprised if they did, th- did that against you know a couple of lesser teams at the start of the season. Just check that out, see if that's an option. But I, I don't know. I just feel like his system set up now. He's got his players. You know, he's he's built his team around that. He's got two players in every position now. So I think he's got going to stick to it. I think um, putting Aspilicueta to wing back actually sorts out an issue where you know I love that player. I think he's absolutely fantastic. But where they where they look vulnerable a couple of times was he would get out muscled sometimes with a back stick, and that issue's gone now. So I think he's just built his team around a three four three again. Does that take away an attacking threat of Moses a as a wing back? Because Aspilicueta is a bit more uh, rest- not restricted, but you know he's conservative a bit more, right? That that might take away a little bit. A bit more conservative, yeah, but he's still good going forward. I mean, he's but he did right back and left back for Chelsea in his uh, first two or three seasons. Then I think he won uh, the Players' Player of the Year one yep. of those years. Like he's a he's a fantastic player, and I think I, I don't think they're going to miss too much by swapping him up for Moses. Okay, so before we move on from Chelsea, can they win the league again? I don't think they will. Yeah, I but think I think so, I think they'll be in the top four. I don't think they'll win the league. Depends a lot on Morata. I'm worried about. That's what I was gonna say. I'm worried about up top. I'm worried about goals in this Chelsea side. Hazard, fantastic player. He doesn't give you a lot of goals, unfortunately. Willian doesn't give you any goals. Mm-hmm. So you're left with Pedro. Uh, two or three free kicks. Uh, well, yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I, I'm actually a big fan of Willian. I Me think too. Um, he didn't get enough time on the pitch last season. I wouldn't be surprised if a few weeks in we start seeing a lot more of him because he's actually got a good finish on him. He's got a lot of pace, and I think you know Murata. He's never done it consistently, scoring a lot of goals in a big league before. That's a concern. He's a very selfless player. Well, Murata, people in Murata has forty good. goals in his entire career. Yeah, and he just went for whatever eighty million or whatever it was. So that's I think he's got twenty know, of them last season. Yeah, so that's a bit. It is a bit of a risk. And uh, what's his name? The, the Batshuayi. Batshuayi in preseason looked good. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. uh, some Chelsea fans online are like, give him a chance, maybe see what he mm-hmm. can do. But again, the give him a chance thing doesn't win you a league like that. That's where it's a bit, it's a bit iffy up top. But yeah. no, so we'll no, the answer is no. They can't win the league again. They can. I oh, no, no. As in, do you think they're gonna win the no. league? No, I think I think they're in the reckoning. I think it's between Chelsea and the Manchester clubs. I think it's. I think there's gonna be a divide between two, uh, two groups of three. I think this year. Okay. Before moving to Manchester, let's talk uh, Merseyside, Everton, and Liverpool. Let's start with Everton. Just Everton again alphabetically. Can't win the league. Oh, okay. Thanks, yeah. thanks. Because I was gonna ask you. Yeah. No. Um, so they've made a gazillion, bazillion signing. <laughs> um, that's a one with like thirty-six zeros yeah. following that. Uh, so any of them any good? Rooney? Who's Rooney? We never heard of him. Young kid coming yeah. through. No. Yeah. Ah, ah, that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah Remember yeah. the name. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Future England captain. <laughs> yes. yeah. um, so I mean, I'm really actually quite excited to see how Rooney does. I'm actually excited to to watch him play, and I actually hope he does really well. I'm not excited in the slightest. <laughs> like, and that's not because I dislike the bloke. I just think it's going to be so slow and dull to watch it. Their attack's really, really sluggish, and I'm concerned about it. Like in Europe the other day, it was evident, and you know, Balassi's not going to add pace into that into the new year. So I just don't think it's going to look very sharp. I think, you know, the signings of Sandro. I mean, that's a bargain. And I know Pickford and Keane were expensive, but that's their two signings for ten years. I think they're great signings, but I think. Rooney as an option is just 
expensive wages and between him and Sandro I can't see them scoring the 25 goals that Lukaku did last season that's the thing is like they some of the other signings they've made are decent mm-hmm. they're fine although Cuca Martino is rubbish but whatever <laughs> um, but I don't think they're signings that, that, that make Everton much better and the fact is replacing Lukaku with Rooney and Sandro well you don't just, think you it's don't, just not like, you don't, you don't think Valencia progressive is going to step move. up he Valencia did, he 2012. He oh, he left. He's in uh, Mexico now. <laughs> yeah. No way. Yeah. Where he will nice. score 50 goals. But, but this is yeah. when you stay. I mean, Lukaku's gone now. It just made sense. I don't think it was up to him. Yeah. <laughs> it's a strange thing because I know in preseason they played one game where Rooney played off the left and then he scored. He scored two so then, far, three in preseason. Well, he scored yeah. that one like how is there in Tanzania or something. <laughs> Which, that's how was it actually in Tanzania? That's, that's a great that's title for a book. Okay. Like, how is there in Tanzania? <laughs> but that's li- I believe that's where it was. Wow, okay. I mean, it was in Eastern Africa. I know that absolutely for a fact. Sure, the country of Africa. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, like he's actually done all right yeah. in preseason, but like, I I agree, it's probably going to be a sluggish attack. Sandra Ramirez played on the right in one game. I was like, who's actually the number nine? There was none. Mm. So Kuman might try to do some, you know, strange false nine thing that could, actually could be a thing, and could, that yeah. would be horrendous to see. Can we also cast judgment on any club that is willing to spend 45 to 50 million on Gilpi Sigurdsson, who is a player I love? I love, yeah. yeah. Fantastic player. Fantastic, but, but I mean, it's the market, but still, is someone it, is spending it. He's worth yeah. half of that. Yeah. 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 Just, there must be something, someone else that you can spend 40 million on. I mean, Ross Barkley will get you at least 80 million. So you have that, you know, the, the next the next thing we hope. Anyways, let's move on. But that's Ross Barkley. We, we, uh, before we move on, I mean, he might leave apparently. Uh, we did write an article about where he can go and it was really hard finding where he could go. We said Southampton, we said West Ham, we said we couldn't really see him break into the top seven anywhere no, else. There's a massive difference between where he could go and where he might want to go. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's Straight up Tottenham want him. Like they yes. want him. They, yeah, they actually yeah. want him badly. That would be fantastic. For they that would just be a told him. Up, a huge they step told up. him, drop your wages. <laughs> I mean, I I would do that because I mean that is the highest you will get. Yeah. You will not go higher than Tottenham. I yeah. think he'll go down to deadline day. Because I think Everson are holding out for fifty. That's um, nuts. Yeah, That's he's crazy. not worth that. But you no, know, they can wait because he knows he's gonna be free next summer. So. Here's a question: You think you think Tottenham should sign him over a Sigurdsson? Well, yes. they're, they're, they're for two different positions. So the, the rumor is, at least, that Pochettino sees um, Barkley as someone he can mold into a Dembele player. A Dembele. Really? With that work ethic? In some, well, in terms of someone that can play deep in central midfield and has the ability to bring the ball forward, hold up challenges. He does carry the ball very well. Right. Yeah. And so, but Sigurdsson would, would be like a backup to Ericsson, the number 10. I, I have to say, Pochettino is one manager who I, I pretty much trust everything he does. So if he's going after Barkley, even though it sounds crazy, I'll, with him, I trust the process. Sure, yeah. He only signed seven other players that are now nowhere to be seen when they that did that big true. marketing thing. But anyways, we'll okay, get to that. Janssen, yeah. Forget yeah. It. Sorry. Change yes. my mind. Forget it. Uh, <laughs> how, how are you not mentioning Musa Sissoko? That's the main one. 30 <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, Sigurdsson is looking to bargain at 50. <laughs> All right. Um, let's talk about Liverpool. Um, so they, they started the, the transfer window really well. They're getting, I think, probably best, if not top three, Serie A player in Mo Salah. Um, he's a very, very good player. He's done really well in preseason, scored like three, four goals. Looked like he's really linking up really well with that. You know, Klopp once again, that small, buzzing front four that just run around with that Firmino false nine. Sturridge is probably not going to get playing time. That's another one that has to think about whether he's going to stay or not. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Solanke scored the goal recently in preseason. They, they're going crazy. That day, as in the Liverpool fans are going crazy about how good he may I be. I like him. He, look, yeah, he um, looks like yeah. a really competent centre It was good forward. for the England under-20s, I think it was, in the summer. As yeah. Well. It was very good. Uh, yeah, the, very the, good the big cloud now over Liverpool is Coutinho with the whole Neymar to PSG. Will Coutinho leave? I think that would put the, set them back quite a bit. If no, they, they've named him captain. Oh, is so, that like, Well, at least in a friendly. Oh, <laughs> that, okay. That's what Arsene Wenger does. Yeah. Oh, Galas, ah, Van Persie, Fabregas. Who wants to leave? <laughs> you get to the um, So what do you guys think? Liverpool uh, can actually... I mean, with, with Europe. That's the big thing about last season, no Europe. With Europe, I, I think top four would be a good achievement for Liverpool. I, I don't see it. I, I don't see it. I don't see it mainly because I think they have a good squad. And I mm. think I love Klopp as a manager. To me, when you look at City, Chelsea, I think Tottenham are way ahead of them. United are going to get better. Arsenal, I just have a bit more faith in them. Liverpool had to do more to step up to that level that other guys are stepping up to. So I don't think they made top four because I don't think they're making enough of a leap. They, they made it last Especially year. Especially if they lose Coutinho. I think Salah was actually brought in because they knew Coutinho was going to leave. Oh, no. I, I think what the plan is is to have uh, Firmino with... Um, Mane and Salah either side and drop Coutinho deeper. He yep. did it a little bit mm-hmm. towards the end of last season. He absolutely tanks West Ham from that position. True. And I really, really want to see that happen from a neutral perspective. <laughs> Obviously not against City. Yeah. And I desperately, yeah, I think that would be so exciting. I think Liverpool will re-establish themselves as the most exciting team to watch in the division. But they were last season, to be fair. They, they were, yes. Yes. especially Spurs in the beginning. Were quite close. Yeah. But it's defence. Like We always talk about Liverpool's top four. But then... The, the two that sit behind Coutinho, who are they going to be? Henderson and... Well, they're not getting that. Ronaldo. Game, so. it'll, it'll be well, Ronaldo and Henderson. And then behind them, it's that, it's that back six that is a bit of a worry. Is Milner going to be left back again? Um, no, they've got Robertson. Well, it's fine. Sorted. You know what I mean? Like it's just, the keepers are a bit suspect. It's that back six, seven yeah. that are a bit of a worry for them. They them. don't feel the reliability in what they can do consistently. It's consistency. Right. They, they also have to cope without Alex Manninger, who retired. I mean, that's already a big that's, blow. Uh, yeah, it's a sad one, that. Yeah. But yeah. no, still, we've got uh, no goalkeepers who you know, flap like a bat in a wardrobe. They're just, uh, <laughs> it's, they're just so exciting to watch. I just can't help but have a little soft spot for them because you're, you're going to sit down, you're going to watch them win 5-3. But they you know. do really well against City. Yeah, so usually the, the games are one of the best games of the, of the fixtures. Yeah. The Liverpool City are the really well, yeah, good game. They just attack each other. So I just want to point out Dan's notes here. It says, uh, yeah. Naby Keita Pursuit Daft. So <laughs> this was the biggest argument on the pod last week, yeah. uh, and thank you for that. That's all I want to say. No, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like strengthen what you need to strengthen first. I can't believe they're going on that one. They'll get him for twenty million cheaper at least next season. Yeah. Red Bull Leipzig are taking him for a ride. They're doing it for the exposure. They're doing it for the market marketability of the team. They've just been taken for a ride. Okay. Um, so we did already mention if they're going to finish on the top four. Bernie said no. I said maybe just fourth. Um, any thoughts, guys? Yes, because Everton won't be there and Arsenal are crap. Yeah, but there's one more team that needs to drop out. It's top. Because you've got... Didn't you say yeah, Arsenal? One more team because there's Spurs. Spurs needs well, to drop Everton out. If Arsenal don't do. make it, then Liverpool are in. No, that's top seven. Oh, Everton United. are seven. Everton are seven. So forget Everton. It's I top forgot, six. I forgot about Yeah, United. you need to drop two big teams. Oh, oh sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, forgettable. Yeah. 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 Even though Bernie is representing in red today. Yeah. That um, wasn't the point. <laughs> um, any of these? I, I, I think, uh, you know, as I said, I think there's going to be a little bit of a break between the top three and, and then the three after them. And I think it'll be a scrap between Liverpool and Tottenham for fourth place. Okay, good point. Let's uh, take a little midway break. 
a little maybe winter break, we could call it. Sure. Um, do the quiz? Yeah, it's too hot for a winter break, but still. Welcome to the quiz, my favorite segment. We haven't done it in ages. I I'm can't excited. wait. Yep. Um, as always, sponsored by Open Sports, an app that allows you to find pickup sports around the city. It's got all the sports, some you know, soccer, obviously, but also some crazy stuff underwater, rugby, blah blah blah. Yep. It's pretty fun. You can get it on iOS, on all the stuff you download apps on. Bernie um, knows about. Bernie knows about those. Yeah. I, I, I'm waiting for him to mess it up. So <laughs> <laughs> no clue. Anyways, um, you guys ready? Let's yep. remind yep. people of Buzz and Dan. That was easy. Bernie and Alex. Okay, here we go. Question number one. Can you name PSG's five most expensive signings? You don't have to name them all, just name Alex. David Luiz. Okay. Di that Maria. was easy. Di Maria. Pastore. Nope. Lucas Moura. Yes. Thiago Silva. Yes. One more. Marquinhos. No, the most expensive. Zlatan. No. Zlatan was free. So that was 20 million. Edison Cavani. Yes. Thank God. So that's just for everybody. That's Cavani, 64 million euros. All these are in euros. David Luiz at 50. Uh, Lucas at 45. Di Maria, 63. Thiago Silva, 43. Can you convert them into dollars, please? Yes, I can. Please don't. Um, <laughs> all right. Question number two. Messi and Kane were La Liga and EPL top scorers, respectively, last season. Who were the Bundesliga, Serie A, and Liga? That was easy. Alex. Dzeko Serie A. Yes. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang Bundesliga. Yep. And League uh? I'm dead on that one. Anybody? Radamel Vagal. No. Wait. Fred Cavani. Yes. Oh. Well done. Oh. Did we all get one? Yeah, you all yes. got one. A little, this is lovely. Here's a little, <laughs> it's like a communist quiz. <laughs> here's a little follow-up. Who out of all five, including Messi and Kane, had the most goals? League goals. Edison Cavani. Nope. Jekyll? Nope. It's Messi. Yeah, Messi beat Cavani by one goal. 37 goals for Messi, Cavani 36. Ooh. Huh. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. All right, last question. Um, Messi's quite good, no? Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. Cavani's quite rubbish. <laughs> In the 16-17 season, last season, which EPL team had the most headed goals? That was easy. Then. I'm going to go for Swansea. Swansea were third. Arsenal. Yes! Arsenal with the rose. I was going to go for West Brom. Well, oh, they okay. don't score any no, goals. No, no, no. That's good. Arsenal with 17, West Brom with 16, and Swansea with 15. We got all the top three. And last, Sunderland with one. This really <laughs> is a, a communist yes. like, outpost. Well, outpost. <laughs> Back to the Premier League prediction slash blah 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 whatever you want to call them. Uh, let's <laughs> yeah, go to Manchester. A great intro. <laughs> yeah, Yo, I mean you made fun of my other amazing segues, so yeah. we're trying this one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, let's start with City. So City, if we go through every player, we'll be here till maybe next Monday. So let's go through the, the few important ones. Um, big signings: Bernardo Silva, Walker, Mendy, Ederson, Danilo. Yeah, Silva. Douglas. Uh, like just a lot of players. Dan, who are you most excited about? It's just an absolute pleasure to have um, a fullback who can run. <laughs> Two were, of them. Three of them. Three of them. Like it was, people have made a, a real big fuss about how much we spent on fullbacks this season, and yeah, it's a lot of money. It is a lot of money, but 
This is the first time City has spent money on a fullback since 2012. That was probably your weakest point. I mean, Clichy, Kolarov, Zabaleta, Sania, none were good enough. None. Well, Zabaleta was for a bit. But recently, at least, and not, I mean, he was a bit until City's sites really started becoming Champions League and winning the league every season. Well, Well, Clichy, right? Can you name the player? Clichy or Sania? I'll give you a clue. Well, Sania was free. Was it Kolarov? No, he's not there now. I'll give you a clue. He likes his dinners. He goes back for seconds. Okay, so he's quite chubby. He begins with M. My, no, my no, wing back. What is he? Is full, he like full a, back? Full back. Is he a good? Like, is he a famous player? He Mike Hunt. Yes. Oh! Hey, this is him. not the quiz anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot they had him. I, I totally forgot they had him. I mean, was he, it just one year? Yeah, I wish I could forget it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so okay, the full backs. I mean, Walker is. I think. Very clearly was second option to Alves. We did the whole thing about whether this was a better choice for City or not. We we will talk about Alves a bit more. Are we? We're not going to talk about Alves. So let's just quickly mention it. He did just start for PSG in their Super Cup. Mm-hmm. He did assist and score a goal. He's a fantastic player. He's yes. probably one of the best right backs to ever play the game. Mm-hmm. Who would you have preferred then, Walker, as you have now, or Alves for a short, more short term? I think Walker was coming regardless. I think it's Danilo who was the one who was um, brought in as a backup for that one. Um, I would have definitely loved to have had Alvarez there. I mean, it's uh, not only would he been great for two years, you know, arguably the best right back for a long time. Um, I just think someone who can go into changing room and completely change yeah. the mentality. Yeah. And I think that's why they might make an extra push to bring in Alexis Sanchez, just bring in someone who's a bit stroppy, someone who's got a winning mentality because City have been a bit soft over the years. Okay. It's, it's just you know you never really know you never really see City being you know out uh, muscled financially and that's literally what happened. Here. Well, I think Alves also made a decision. I think it wasn't just finance. I think Alves did mention his wife wanted to you know live more in Paris. Then he also said he was selfish when he chose Turin, which is a, apparently a horrible place to live. <laughs> yeah, blah, 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 see, that's but... an easy excuse to give when literally, I and mean, this is not this is the truth. PSG doubled the offer of Man City. Preach, Bernie. <laughs> so it's very easy to say all of that when sure, that's just yeah. what happened. Also, half of the Brazil team plays for PSG, so yeah. that probably yeah. helped. Um, so there's that. I mean, Bernardo Silva is... Oh, okay, before we move on, Mendy, we did mention, is a bit 50-50. Mm-hmm. We're not sure. I mean, he had one good season. Will we get the same... Or will we? Will City get the same out of him next season? Um, I mean, I don't I'm, know. I'm sold on him, Matt. I think the uh, the biggest question mark would be Danilo out of three full-backs who've signed, but he actually looks quite good in pre-season yeah. at the moment. Um, but I think Mendy will be absolutely fine. Do you okay. expect to sign another left-back? Um, or is Danilo just going to kind of cover... Ryan Bertrand was rumoured. Um, I... I hope we don't. You know, I, I kind of feel like uh, it's, there's enough cover there. Uh, Fernandinho is okay when he covers back there. I just don't... I think it's necessary. I'd rather strengthen somewhere else. Are you guys going to play three at the back? I think sometimes. I, I think the prominent system will be a four-one-four-one, which is can be very easily interpreted as a four-three-three. So um, who's the one up top? Aguero or Aguero or Jesus? And Jesus who always play, also plays off the left a bit as well for Brazil very effectively. Why do I feel like Pep wants to start both? Like he's done it a lot at the end of last season. He's doing it in preseason. I just feel like both are going to play. I, just, I, I think they will. I, I think I, he might I play think, a three. I mean, he, we know he doesn't want to play Aguero, but Aguero is so useful that he has no choice, and he can't bring in anyone else, yeah. really, who's going to take his spot, so he probably will end up playing To both. be fair, he did mold Aguero a bit more into the player he wants towards the end of the season. Yeah, we talked been, about the stats, yeah. about the, the yeah. running stats, the sprint stats. They were very low for Aguero. 
before Pep kind of dropped him. And then when he came back, they just shot up. So he's clearly molding him into what he wants a bit just more. Just on, on, that, on that point, and, and Dan would probably have more insight into this. You talk about molding him into the player that can run and do... Basically, molding him into Alexis Sanchez is what, is what it sounds like you're telling me. So if they buy Alexis Sanchez, cash in on Aguero or... I think, I think he's sticking around. Like it's it's very much like uh, you know David Villa. He added a lot to his game when he was playing for Barcelona. Just like somebody who's just going to come drop back, just thread the lines a little bit and stuff like that. And I think you're right. I think we could see Gabi Jesus and uh, Sergio Guerrero up front a lot. I think you know we saw it at the end of last season. I think a, a three five two wouldn't even be out of question. I mean, City play a very fluid formation anyway. I mean, as I said, it's a four one four one. But when City got the ball and they're attacking, it turns to three at the back. Right. Whoever's in defensive mid drops back and the full backs are forward. So it's it's a very, very fluid formation. So it's going to be very hard to decipher anyway. It's, it's just... It is fluid. And there are so many attacking midfielders. This is my thing with the with having two up front. Mm-hmm. Is it reduces the amount of midfielders you can mm-hmm. use. And there are just so many. Well, me and There's you, sunny... we, we sat the other day, I think it was a Friday. We just sat on your couch and literally <laughs> just listed them. two 11s for City. And they were both phenomenal. Yeah. They were both so good. I mean, we could not Sané, fit anybody. Sterling, Bernardo Silva, David Silva, Kevin well, De Bruyne. Like, it's are the elevens phenomenal or the top like six? Phenomenal? No, no, literally. Oh, okay, I fine. Mean, the center yeah. backs were a bit the, tough. The, but the defenders, once you get past the first team, it's in four four two. No, four four two was quite good. You get Mangala, Stones. That's uh, not good. Oh, like Mangala's on his way. That's fine, not good. But if Mangala plays the way he can... That's that's not good. It's been two years of him. He was at Valencia. He played like trash. In City, he played like trash. I'm not Let's sure just Valencia remove Mangala from not sure the Valencia equation counts, yeah. of good. I think, there's, I think there's Mangala no has the attributes to, to do well. I'm not sure why he didn't do well. Otamendi's the same one. He's a brilliant defender. Otamendi just... has one season of being meh. Yeah. Whatever, so I'll give you that. But Mangala has is like no. The thing with not. the thing with City is that Stones, Mangala, Otamendi all had their iffy times, but all on paper are quite good players. I'm just not sure why I it think, didn't click. On, to be honest, I think Mangala's atrocious. I think his first touch is terrible. I've seen him get burned so many times. He's positionally inept. He's no, he's Pep likes versatility. Played left back the other day in a preseason. He looked completely at a loss. He he kept on the same line as the centre backs. He just like didn't know that he was able to advance more. He's just a, I think he's just a little bit dim. So I, so I, I think <laughs> just like apparently, yeah. So yeah. I, so I think um, I think the, the centre backs for next season will be John Stones, Vincent Company, Otamendi, which is hard to say. I'm not his biggest fan. Um, young lad coming from the academy of Tosin Adara Berio. He's there we go. Play. There's and, one. And then also um, he's said that he wants to look at another centre back. He's interested in buying another centre back, so it's not out of the question. But I I just think Mangala's gone. So Fair the enough. question I have about City, all right, is last season we talked about Pep when when Pep first came in, we said get rid of everything, start it again. That's what we said at the beginning of the season. But that did not happen. No. Start, basically kept the same team. Disappointing season overall. Now he's doing what he needed to do then. How do you feel that's going to transition this season with all the new changes? I think it'd be fine because there's only really, you know, it's wholesale changes at fullback, which desperately needs to happen. We've already seen the improvements of them in pre-season. Um, and then after that, I mean, Silva's a great one for the future. Bernardo Silva's a fantastic player. And otherwise, all of the personnel are exactly the same. So I, I, think, think I, think, I think this has put a lot of pressure on Pep. I mean, the amount of money that's been spent, I think City just um, beat the highest spending in a summer window after, I think, Madrid's 09 or something like that. So, yes, it, I mean, will people give Pep... I mean, we already 
were very harsh on him last season to like you know whether he deserves it or not this season will even be worse if he doesn't if he does a season just similar like last if he comes third let's say and after all this money spent will people say well he's still building a team and this is you know the first year signing do the you know the Mourinho second season syndrome whatever will will he be given that time no I think people like to attack successful people and Pep will be attacked if he doesn't win the league that's sure the question is does it matter no no Pep is smart enough he said it himself after the season that he had last season uh, he actually used the words a big club would have fired me which is a little bit of a you know you need to understand the words you're using in English Pep but that is the truth of the matter. He wasn't brought in to finish third. He was brought in to advance them as a football club. Champions, Champions League is a whole different story. Yeah. And he didn't do that. So this is important for him. But I also think that when you kind of consider the job he's done, you also have to think about the fact that they brought in Begiristein and Soriano to, A, to get Pep in the first place, but also to presumably build a squad that would be capable of playing his football, and they didn't do it. A squad that so, has some Pep. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and... And so he's had to do it now. And, to, you know, that's kind of a year later than it should have been, yeah. I think. And, and that, that's why a lot of City fans, you know, jump on Bagheera staying because I think Pep had a lot of say in the De Bruyne signing a year earlier. I think he did have... And you know, Sterling. Too, Sterling as well. Yeah, I think, you know, I think it was happening for a long, long time. It's been like the worst kept secret in football. He was coming over, but they didn't sort out the fullback situation. So he went there. He thought, maybe, thought, maybe I can work with these players. He's done it in the past and... They just couldn't do it, and, oh. they're, and they're so important to his system as well. On previous podcasts, I mean, even last year, we were mentioning how insane it is that Pep is playing a season with those four fullbacks. I mean, right. they're pretty much... He, he started so many games with Arsenal fullbacks from, like, 2009, like, cliche <laughs> and sunny, and it's like, how is this happening in a team, in a club that has all the resources that they need to, to buy whoever they want, have Pep as a manager who, like you said, relies so much on, on those positions. It was it was crazy that he started games with Sonny and See, Christian. that's what confuses me is, you know how Pep is, you know what he likes to play. He came into the squad, <clears throat> this is a guy who comes into teams and throws away people very, very quickly. So for him to have looked at Sanya, Kolarov, Klesha and been like, all right, let me try this, that is shocking to me. Because if Pep wants somebody, Man City are going to go after that. And it didn't even seem like they were linked with anyone of fullbacks last summer. So to be fair, there's also no more fullbacks in football. Like, we, we talked about this a lot. Like, there's just, there's no more players in football. Like, there's like, the right back is especially thin yeah. right now. You yeah. just like, you try and think of like, well, who can someone buy now at left back? You're like, uh, I don't know. Left backs are no. Like, and, <laughs> yeah. and remember, this time last season, Benjamin Mendy didn't, didn't exist. exist. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, final question about Manchester City. Why does it look like Simon Nasri is playing and actually looked quite good and well, might he's a very good player might be yeah, involved he is like that's the most frustrating thing about him because he's an exceptional player when he turns it on he's incredible his vision's amazing his composure's amazing but then he just goes down to drip doctors <laughs> so I, I i just he's just his eyes not on the game pep just said that he's leaving the, t- the club he did yeah. he said I, that he's I very he's very he said he's very very likely to leave i think club. that's a very good signing for a lot of teams nasri is if they if they can kind oh. of get his head he's a really good player he's I think, gonna go had, to arsenal isn't he I, Listen, had he gone to United instead of City back when it was 50 50, oh, he, he would have been phenomenal. That would have been amazing. United, I think. That would have been amazing. But when he, when he can be bothered, he's amazing. First yeah. half of the season against Sevilla, well, sorry, for Sevilla, incredible. Yes, then correct. he just kind of, you know, and then that's when all the drip doctor stuff happened, he kind of went off the boil a little bit. So correct, correct. It's just when he can be bothered. Um, so we spoke about United. Let's talk about them. Um, United, United, United. It's been. It's been weird trying to predict what United's going to do. You know, it, United have always been at the top. Recently, it's been 
a bit of a shambles, saved by the Europa League. Uh, let's a just bit? call it a wow. bit. Saved by the Europa League win, because if that didn't happen, this would be a whole different story. Uh, Mourinho and his failure slash success, whatever. He got saved, you know, there. So, I, I'll, sorry, I, I disagree, yet I agree at the same time. And I disagree because, and this is where I get angry at Jose Mourinho. Schrodinger's Bernie. He literally gave up the league to win yes. the Europa League. Um, he beat Chelsea. Yeah. After being Chelsea, he said, I'm done. Yeah. And he said, I'm focusing on the Europa League. And tanked against Arsenal, Tottenham, played the reserve teams on purpose. So they were in the top four hunt at that point. And he said, forget it. And that's what pisses me off about Jose Mourinho. He's literally said, mm, I could do this, but I can do that easier. So I'm going to put all my eggs yeah, in the basket. Yeah, but Jose Mourinho is apparently a world-class manager who's the best, one of the best that's ever done it. But, but he should be able to do both. See, that's what I'm saying. This is my problem with the statement of the Europa League saved your season. Yeah, It's true in a sense... But the fact is, that's what he decided he wanted to do. So right. you look at Jose Mourinho and say, what did he intend on doing? That's what he intended to do, and that actually angers the hell out of me. I would also say, in terms of it saved the season, and in terms of preparation for next season, United are in the Champions League. They're not going to win the Champions League. They won't get close to winning the Champions mm -hmm. League. And the signings they've made, Lukaku, Matic, Lindelof, they could have made anyway. Yeah, but those could, yeah. are not signings that, defend, that mm -hmm. depend on being on top four. So... How much difference it actually makes? I'm not sure. It, again, it's Jose Mourinho. It's personal glory. Unfortunately, a lot of the time, sometimes it's not about the club always or about the long-term plan. It's about, well, I made top four, which was the goal at the beginning of last season for United and Jose Mourinho's make top four. So he thought, I'm going to do whatever it takes to say that I've done my goal. Probably got a nice bonus for it. And that's it. Like You're right, Alex. I didn't think about it that way. But none of these names required... Um, Champions League. You didn't go and sign a Griezmann, which you know was in the plans and blah blah. So I don't know. Do these signings really? You know, Zlatan is not there anymore, which is a big, a, a, you know, big influence. Mm -hmm. Do these signings really make you any better, Lukaku a little bit? But you know, but my thing about last season is like, yeah, two trophies in fifteen years time. That's all people will look at. Yeah. But right now, while it's in our memories, there's a big bus at the end, and like. No, I'm asking you this, and then maybe what you feel about other United fans as well. Like, will he put up with that football? Because United have a tradition of playing great attacking football, mm. but the stuff he's laying out there is absolute dross at <coughs> times. And like, Nemanja Matic does not encourage me that they're going to be playing anything <laughs> more exciting. So I agree, and the thing with us with that statement is context. The first half of that season, very similar to what he did Chelsea. with Chelsea when he won the league. Manchester United actually created the second most chances in the league. Here we go. We're about to get Pogba hitting the crossbar. No, no, no. I, I'm not talking about Pogba <laughs> right now. The truth is, end of the season, United only were only behind Liverpool and Tottenham in terms of chance creation. So that first half of the season, they played really, really well. They drew so many games that they actually should have won. And they would have probably been top four if they did that. So the style wasn't bad. It was once it got really, really rough and they said, well, we can't even score playing well anyway. So he can put on a show if he wants to. But the important thing with Mourinho is by bringing in Matic, by bringing Lukaku, it actually allows the rest of the team to play football for once. Because Zlatan did not allow anyone else around him to play football despite scoring that many goals, which means you're only going to get goals from one source. In this, this way, we're going to get a lot more goals from other players. Yeah, he became more pragmatic when he had to get those results out. And yeah, it wasn't a great watch, but at the end of the day, he, he lifted trophies and United had of English teams the second most successful season I think a Europa League trophy is fantastic yeah, I mean, incredible. you know there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever it's just the, it covers the fact that whatever way you look at it Jose Mourinho finished sixth in the league with Manchester United mm -hmm. 
That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. And it's just not good enough. And if if without the Europa League talk and the fact that they're in the Champions League, I just think it would have been a very different story. Um, links, Alex, you wanted to talk about players they might be linked with? Um, uh, well, there's the Perisic thing, which Bernie hates. Um, although I'm not sure why. Like, he's a good player. A bit inconsistent. Though. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I think he's a squad player. It would player, be a but... rubbish signing at, at, at the amount of money, especially considering you have... And I'll say it again. One of the best young players in the world in Martial, and you're wasting it. I wasting completely it. agree with that. Absolute disgrace. If but I, I also think you don't really have many options for the left-hand side and Perisic. The only option you need is Anthony Martial. If you're a manager <laughs> worth anything, you'll figure that out. Sure. Because someone else will. So what do you do with Rashford then? Because he seems to like you know, putting him out wide every now and then. He, and stuff. he will... If, he's, if Mourinho had brains, he'd play a 4-3-3 with Martial on one side, Rashford on the other side, Lukaku. That is speed. That, takes that Mc, is power. That takes Mkhitaryan out of the team. I, I'm okay with I, that. I don't think Mkhitaryan is starting. I'm okay with nowhere. that. I love Mkhitaryan. But again, Champions League, you need flexibility. I think they can get enough minutes between them. Okay. Um, yeah. Anything else on United there? Uh, they're where, building where? a team that looks like the New York skyline. Yeah, 6-3, 6-4, 6 Lob balls into the box all season. Huge. But we didn't even spend that many Huge. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, one, one minute on Fellaini. So Galatasaray trying to sign him. Mourinho said... Mourinho said it's easier to sign Mourinho to manage Galatasaray than to sign Fellaini to be yeah. a defensive It's like so. Jesus with the camel and the eye of the needle and stuff. Sure. Oh, I was like, where is he going with Carabao <laughs> Jesus and the camel? Yeah. I don't understand. Um, before we move on, Pogba, uh, I mean, 89 million record no, no, signing. We're, we're a year past no, that. We no, don't no, need I'm to just saying, I'm saying is, he gonna, is he going to step up next season? Is he, is he going to be that guy? Because, I mean, he should, I think. I mean, it's the least you can expect, just a little bit. Think of it this way. Yeah. His first season was good. Not not brilliant 89 million world yeah. record transfer, but it was good. If that's supposed to be a stepping stone, then there are not many players who've come into a, a team the first season that had a good season the way he did. Yeah, so the so, question is, do you, do you think... I mean, I'm not looking for a negative answer. I'm no, no saying, I'm saying... Do you think he'll... He'll, he'll, you know, the team will revolve around him next season because that's, I think, the idea. Like, I he's, think he's that's, that, that's the yeah. implication of the Matic sign. And Lukaku. Lukaku's there to allow... Pogba to, to play off and play and you know build that partnership. So yeah, it's built it's supposed to be built around him. Okay. It has to be good. I think if he steps up, United have a really good chance of that top four. Like uh, I think it's it's a lot depends on whether Pogba steps up because you've got Matic and Herrera. They're fine. They're solid. They just do their thing. But if Pogba in front of them doesn't really shine, then it might be a bit of an issue. I think we could see some really exciting counters actually next season because Lukaku is a facing goal kind of striker. Where obviously Zlatan's a back to goal striker. So I think. Uh, Oh, if Lukaku can be bothered to track back a little bit, you know he'll be uh, him and Pogba will be steaming forward, and I think that's. Uh, can you imagine through balls being played at Old Trafford for one? <laughs> like actually, yeah. I, I don't remember last time I saw one, so I'm I'm, I'm hoping for that. Bernie's excited for through balls, guys. <laughs> this is where United are at right now. We might play through balls. <laughs> All right. Um, last but definitely least. Imagine you're playing um, with United on FIFA and like triangle just doesn't work. Yeah. Like you can't. It's not an option. It's like sorry, what are you doing? Like, just has like nothing next to it. Yeah. Doesn't do anything. Uh, maybe a dab. <laughs> um, so I'll repeat the joke. Last but definitely least, um, Spurs. Hmm. Uh, Sign nobody. Hmm. Hold on. What? Didn't they finish above you? It doesn't matter. Is Saint Tottering? What's that? What's that Saint Tottering's day? Right, it's been cancelled, right? It's been cancelled for Spurs days. Yeah. Because you now play on Thursdays. Yeah. Just but, checking. Anyway, Tottenham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The guy that came sixth. Um, and won two trophies. Yes, three if you count the community. Three, show. thank you, so yeah. generous. <laughs> so Walker walked out um, and they signed nobody in. I think they're going to start feeling the whole stadium thing the way um, 
other teams have felt it recently. Oh, for sure. The financial restraints, the atmosphere, that might be an issue next season for them playing at Wembley. I think the atmosphere will be fine. I mean, the, we saw them last season with their Champions League games. They filled the stadium, no problem. The atmosphere was incredible. The performances just lacked a lot. And it'll be, it'll be fascinating to see if they can conquer that because it is very clearly a massive psychological hurdle for Tottenham. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, I, the stadium thing is going to be an issue, but there's, despite my ridiculous statement about the transfers and <laughs> Pochettino, I trust the guy. I feel like they're yeah. going to be okay. How often have teams in the Premier League, or, okay, forget La Liga, in the Premier League, how often have teams not made a single signing and kept that level of performance and are going to produce the same Manchester way United they've done it? That, that's different. <laughs> Manchester United dominated, just like they, they could have played the under-21, which they did in 99 and so on. Like, anyways. Right. Point is, I just don't see them do... The, their squad depth isn't that high. I mean, yeah, you can put names on paper, but, you know, is it going to get you that second spot I again? That the league? I just way. don't think so. When you have... And this is maybe even something that managers don't do. Like you said with Conte, right? You had a good season, but I'm going to replace with someone else and be ambitious. But isn't there a thing to be said about if it's not broken, don't fix it? Because you're not getting better than Deli Alley for them. You're not getting better than Harry Kane. You may, probably will not get better than Alderweireld, who is the best centre-back in the league. And then Vertonghen, eh, whatever. Is very it, good. it doesn't yeah. get better than most of what they have right now. So what's the point? We're in the starting eleven, but they have to fix the mistakes from last season because Vincent Janssen was terrible. And like, yes. like is Sissoko even there? Like, it was, <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, like an office worker who spends half a shift on a toilet playing Angry Birds. <laughs> like, it's just like, it's just not there. No it's one like knows Greece. there. Just, just, yeah, just rubbish. They didn't like, even yeah. take him on, on the tour. Um, they made up some excuse to not take him on their preseason tour. It was something about like he's sick or something about like a ridiculous reason. But point is, it, imagine this: Kane gets gets injured. They're well, in trouble. Okay, now that what? always but, happens. But, but, <laughs> what? Like, but we don't need to imagine it. It happened twice last season. I mean, Kane missed probably I think a total of about two and a half, three months of football, and they finished second and he got 25 goals. That's not to say they're in an ideal situation. They obviously need better backup. Arsene Wenger might think it's ideal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know, if you look at the second string with Lamella out, you've got like Onoma and Kudu, Janssen, Vimmer, Carter, Vickers. It could be worse, but it could be a hell of a lot better. But to your point, Bernie, they are in a difficult situation mm-hmm. because financially they can't afford to buy players better than the ones they have. Mm-hmm. But they also there also aren't many players that they can buy that does improve that team. Yeah. So what they need to do is find the probably five players in the world who are as good as the players in the first team, but willing to play a backup role. Okay. And that well, is extremely difficult. What happens next season when the likes of Kane, Eriksson, Lloris, Vertonghen, etc., etc., are tired of coming third and second, blah, 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 and people start poaching them? Yeah, you can all say, I'm not going to sell, but that, that will happen when, when you kind of see that there's no ambition there. Yeah, sorry, we can't spend a lot of money because of the stadium. But like, it just it keeps players interested and engaged as well when you get new signings. A lot of players are always like, I'm going to stay if we strengthen, which is weird because you're like, well, what if he takes your spot? But the idea is like, that needs to be there. It can become stale, and then you can start poaching players from Spurs. I agree, but that would have happened already. Because Lloris was linked with, with many moves at least three four seasons ago, didn't leave. You can be convinced with a project just long enough until you start to, to maybe give up I, I, on it. I just it think it really would have happened because there were chances for a lot of those guys to leave. And Kane is not going anywhere. Deli Alli is probably not going anywhere. And that's, that's also probably the logic of bringing in English players because they're not going to go to Barcelona. Real Madrid. <laughs> just too scared. It's, it's not happening. So I think they figured out something that works. It's, you know, the 
the backups that they need to figure How out. How are they going to do it in the Champions League next season? Because that's always been their thing. They're like, I can't wait to get in the Champions League and then horrendous performance. I don't think they care. They, they won't do well in the Champions League. They won't, yeah. No, no, I can't see it. Top four, though? Yes, I, I think so. I think um, they will be weaker than last year, but I think they'll still get in the Champions League. Okay. I, I think they're going to just drop out of the top four this season. Them and Liverpool. All right. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty much it. We're just left with uh, Momo of the Week. Let's do it. I be Momo. One thing where I know, Sha, Momo not fit sleep forever. One day, Momo go wake up. All right, so Momo of the Week. Um, again, haven't done this in a while. Excited. Yeah. Um, just to remind everybody, Momo uh, is a word introduced to us by Bernie, which means uh, fool or idiot in pidgin English, which is uh, the dialect or slash language in Nigeria. Bernie who's gone. Bernie who's gone. Uh, yeah. Yes, he, he left. Um, okay, so uh, let's start with Alex. What do you have for us this week? Bob Bradley. Um, and I could just go back to his time at Swansea because that was also Momo, but... Um, he is the new manager of Los Angeles FC, um, and they, they don't, they're kind of nascent. They exist, but they don't exist yeah. yet. And uh, so they go on the, on the reveal video <laughs> train. Not as good week. as Roma's. No, yeah. nowhere near as good as Roma's. Um, but they felt they needed to, to participate in the reveal video trend. So first, you know, the camera has a close-up, and it's a man in a tracksuit with a baseball hat on mm-hmm. and it looks like it might be a hip-hop artist or a dancer or right. something and then he lifts his head to reveal his pale narrow Voldemort looking face yeah and yeah. it's just the scariest <laughs> thing the scariest and simultaneously lamest thing I've ever seen I mean it's it's hard to resist when your manager is so good looking <laughs> It is hard to resist that kind of reveal. To use his face. Yeah, it's just an opportunity you could not miss. So. It's just, he wouldn't wear these clothes in a million years in his personal life. I mean, yeah. he, he's a fan of the roll-up, the, the kind of roll-neck yeah. sweater, we know that. To be fair, the hat was really nice. Like like an LA fan would buy the hat. The hat looked cool. It's just Lovely under hat. the hat. Not, not mold on a corpse. Like, too. <laughs> it's, like, it's just, you know, when it was like really, really embarrassing. Dad's who like try and hang out with his son's kids. It just looked like that. He was just dressed really young. He had the, he even looked like, he was like he's trying to look smoldering and angry mm. and also smug at the same time. But he just looked confused. It was <laughs> very, very awkward. awkward. It was True. awkward. Um, Dan, I think you have one for us. Yeah, uh, Darren Gibson, who uh, was... Is he still alive? He still, he still oh, exists. Very much. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. very much. Well, he was certainly alive after probably a few uh, Jägermeisters in a pub. And uh, one fan went up to him and said, uh, are you happy with Sunderland being fucking shit right now? <laughs> and he said, yeah, we're fucking shit. Yeah. And, and he said, there's too many people at the club who don't give a fuck. Yeah. Um, he talks about Rabbi Kasri. He talks yeah. about Lamine Kone. I don't think we'd be too surprised in hearing that. No. Um, no, he's, he's right, isn't he? Sunderland yeah. just didn't look like they gave a shite last year. No, they are rubbish, and it's totally fair to assume that half those players uh, don't care. I mean, to be fair, David Moyes did come out like a week into the season and said, we're pretty much going to get relegated. Yeah. We do really well if we don't get relegated. So yeah. here we go, everybody ready? And, you know, that's pretty much what happened. And then I think mid-season, they took him on a trip to New York or Dubai or yeah, whatever no, it was. New York. Yeah, because they very strange, clearly yeah. deserved a break. And then he took him to that car factory to show them what real life people are that like. That actually worked for like two weeks. It did work for two weeks actually. Um, 
But yeah, it was such a weird Sunderland season. And that New York trip stunk because they spent all that money on a trip and then they went back and just sacked loads of staff from behind the scenes at the club as well. Oh, really? Yeah, because yeah. they couldn't do it because the finances weren't good. Well, I mean, trip to New York. New York is New York. Like It's, yeah. wor- it's worth a few people losing their job, you know? <laughs> and then because Sunderland... Uh, run like Sunderland. Uh, they released a statement saying he's going to be the, some disciplinary action um, against Darren Gibson and in that they spelt his name wrong. Yes, <laughs> and, and they also said they would initiate the disciplinary process, which sounds a bit Dr. Evil. Yes, yeah. the, but the main thing, like I don't think is terrible because I can see Alex's notes from me and I can see he spelt Darren Gibson's name wrong as well. <laughs> Easy to do. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly no one cares. Yeah. <laughs> Um, nice, nice. <laughs> one thing we are no sha, Mumu no fit sleep forever. One day Mumu go wake up. All right, and that will do it for another Koshcast. Um, Dan, thank you so much for joining us. No, thank you. I enjoyed myself. Yeah, we'll have you back. And uh, Mohanad, thank you for uh, you know everything that you do. Ever present? Yeah. Yeah, I, I press record and stop, so that's quite important. <laughs> it's an important job. Yeah. And yeah. not everyone actually does it yeah. right. So Imagine I just cut it right here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but it would be sad if you did that, because a uh, little announcement. August 16th at Betty's on King Street in Toronto is our next trivia night. Um, Dan and his team are already registered. So mm-hmm. I, actually, you won it last time you were a couple you were of times ago. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. We had a couple of ringers, and it was nothing to do with me. <laughs> I feel with this announcement being an hour and fifteen minutes into the pod, I feel like if someone tweeted us maybe a secret word, I don't know, pomegranate. I think they deserved like twenty bucks. What will that get autocorrected to, though? Just <laughs> yeah, true. You, Just the you, fact that you're still here listening. Yes. Um, yeah, 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 that's true. If you yeah, if you tweet us something about that now. You get in. You get something. something. We'll work it out. We'll work Alex out. will buy you a pint. Yes. There you go. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> See you all next week. Bye. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com. Thank you.